Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Grief and Rebirth Podcast, whose mission is to educate, enlighten, and provide healing choices through interviews with grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and people who have inspiring stories to share. I'm Irene Weinberg, the creator and host of Grief and Rebirth Podcast, with a loving reminder that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth Podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Today's interview with Karen Stein will be an eye-opener for those who have lost loved ones to cancer and other diseases. Karen, who is a certified health coach, a certified pregnancy health coach, and a trained detox coach, owns a company called Go Healthy with Karen. Go Healthy with Karen was born and organically grown from her 18-year journey to find the best health-related resources practices, and strategies for her own family. Karen is the wife of a cancer survivor who had five different forms of aggressive cancers. She has been cancer-free now for over 12 years. Not only did Karen dramatically change her husband's life when the severe cancer incidents that kept recurring in his life halted, but the extreme stress caused her to develop her own autoimmune issue which she was unable to bring under control, I'm sorry, which she was able to bring under control naturally. I'm especially eager to hear what Karen will share with us about detoxing from heavy metals and balancing mineral levels at the cellular level, which she says can cause depression, anxiety, fatigue, and brain fog, among other health issues that can exacerbate the grieving process. And full disclosure, I'm very proud to say that Karen is my dear sister-in-law and her husband who has survived five virulent cancers and is now cancer-free for over 12 years is my cherished brother, Alan. Karen, what a heartfelt pleasure for me to welcome you to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Let's begin our interview with this question. Please share with our listeners what a certified health coach does to help people's differing health issues. Thank you, Irene. It's certainly great to be with you today and I'm very happy to talk to all your listeners as well. The interesting thing about that question is what does a certified health coach do? Um, mainly that relates to nutrition and it relates to fats and proteins and carbs and what foods are healthy for us, sometimes diet and exercise or those kind of basic things that many people know about or can research about on the internet or get an app like the MyFitnessPal app. Um, what the program that I actually have developed is beyond what 
they would teach you in a health coaching certification. And I develop, as you mentioned, I develop the programs that I have to help people feel better and to get healthier through my own experiences with myself, with my husband and my own family and children. Um, and really went to get this health coaching certification basically to kind of have the certification itself for credibility, but the program is so much deeper than that. And it isn't really what you do get in general out there. Okay. Well, tell me how mineral imbalances and heavy metals cause depression, anxiety, and fatigue, among other health issues that can exacerbate the grieving process. And how are these released when a person's body is balanced and toxic chemicals are released? Karen, do you have an example of someone whose anxiety and depression were lifted by removal of heavy metals? So first, oh, we'll talk about your first part of the question, which was the mineral imbalances and heavy metals. Um, they all our environment, um, our chemicals, the quality of the soil, fertilizers, pollution, all of these different things, stress in our lives affects our mineral balance. So it isn't just about eating healthy. It is, it, we could eat perfectly, we can exercise and try to control stress, but at the cellular level, we could really still have nutrient deficiencies or we could have too much of something. Um, and this throws our whole body off and it affects the thyroid, it affects the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems which control that flight and flight that's or anxiety that's anxiety right there yeah. adrenals cortisol so it, it's a whole cascade of things where sometimes if we go to the doctor and we have a blood test and we see maybe our calcium levels are lower our magnesium levels are low we look at that just in an encapsulation of here go take some calcium or go take some magnesium but it's really more complicated than that and um what in this question, what you didn't mention is that this is actually looked at in a hair mineral tissue mineral analysis. So we take a little piece of hair and we can look at all the different minerals and the different levels um, that a person has. And we look at the whole picture. It's kind of about looking at what's going on in the body at the cellular level as a whole. And um, many of those minerals use the same receptors as toxic heavy metals. So if we have lead or arsenic or mercury or aluminum, which pretty much everybody does in our bodies, these use the, the same receptors that these minerals need to be absorbed by our body. So sometimes the heavy metals take over those receptors and now we cannot use and absorb the minerals. So we could be eating as healthy as we want to and taking in as much calcium or as we want to or things like that in supplements, but our body isn't actually absorbing it and using it. And so it's very interesting. Um, it's been very interesting. I always test everything out on myself. Um, that's kind of my, I'm the guinea pig to, before I give anything to clients or try anything with clients. And one of the first ways that I started to do this was to do it on myself. And I like to think that I kind of walk my, walk my walk, walk my talk and lead a very healthy life, eat very healthy, but still there were definitely things that were out of balance. And I know that that did cause anxiety for me. and. I know that that also, when I balanced that out, it did go away. Now, this is a whole process um, and it takes time. It's not, you know, it's not complicated, but it does, it took time to get like that. It takes a little time to get things balanced out. But the other thing about it is 
it's kind of like tests don't guess where people will go buy all kinds of supplements and take all different multivitamins and minerals that a you're spending a lot of money on you may or may not need this. you also don't necessarily need to take something if if you're balanced out and you're eating a relatively healthy diet you don't actually need a lot of different supplements and so it's really about looking at what's going on in your body you need something different than i need or someone else needs and then it's about getting the things that you need. Um, and there's a whole cascade effect of this through thyroid symptoms and such as fatigue and brain fog, insomnia, chronic fatigue, lack of energy, chemical sensitivities, adrenal fatigue, the list goes on and on of what these, when we detox, we have these side effects from not have, you know, having this toxicity in our body, when we detox, these things get better. Well, what's shocking and really surprising to me is that you can tell all this through hair tissue mineral analysis, which is like, don't we put straighteners, hair dyes, all kinds of stuff in our hair that doesn't affect. And we think about our hair as being dead. I mean, the hairdresser can blow it out and stretch it and pull it and everything. And you still take this, what you think is this dead thing hanging off of you. And you can tell from that if you're missing calcium or this or that in your body. Yeah. It's really surprising to me. Well, the thing about hair is that it holds information over a long period of time. So we use about a half an inch to an inch of the hair closest to your scalp. And it's a, just a tiny sample, usually from like underneath in the back of your head. You don't see it there. But it's holding information over a long period of time versus blood or urine or stool tests where if you ate a banana and then you went and had blood work the next day, you might see in blood work that you were sufficient in potassium or maybe you had too much potassium. You could have actually been deficient in potassium, but it had to do with what you ate that day, whereas the hair holds that data over a long period of time. Um, and there's other tests that we could do to confirm different things, but it gives a good overall picture. As far as heavy metals go, it is really the, um, the Environmental Protection Agency says that hair testing is the gold standard for heavy metal testing, even over blood or some of these other types. You, you know how some companies, um, a lot of companies actually, they'll do drug testing with hair. I don't know if you've heard of that, but a lot of people have to be drug tested when they get jobs and they'll do hair instead of uh, doing a blood test or a urine test. Because again, it's not just what's going on that moment in time. It's more of a picture over time. Wow. And can this be done on children too? Yes, it can actually. It can even be done on dogs and it can be done on horses. But um, on ch I've actually um, seen hair testing done on one-year-olds that actually had heavy metal levels in their bodies because it can be passed from the mother um, in the placenta, it can, they can be, um, they're in vaccine vaccinations that babies get. So yes, and it can be done on children. Um, and yeah, it really can be done on anybody because it's, it's holding all that information. That's amazing to me. And to your point, your point about the hair color, I want to say though, that yes, you're right, that that will affect uh, it, and there's a definite protocol about when you dyed your hair, if you highlighted your hair and how you prepare your hair. As, and I wanted to mention that because you brought up a very important point. You have to have a quality of a sample, which I have 
a protocol of how to prepare. But, and also the lab that I use is one of only two labs in the country that doesn't chemically wash the hair prior to using the mass spectrometer that they look at it with. And so that you get um, an accurate, more accurate sample. A lot of other labs will walk, chemically wash the hair, which can distort the minerals. It's so interesting to me. That's really, that's really fascinating. So I'll bet you like, even with children who might have autism or other issues, wouldn't this be a step a parent could take to see if there's something else affecting that child and the way and 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 affecting the way they process in the world? Absolutely, especially because of a lot of those metals. Um, as I said, they affect the brain. Um, some of them are in the brain, and they're in the bones and our tissues and our organs. And yes, I've worked with you know a number of ch- parents looking for solutions for children with ADHD, ADD you know, something on the spectrum. And so it's, what it is really is if you're healthier at the cellular level, and even as a child, maybe whatever imbalances there are, aren't causing issues today, but in, in fixing those imbalances, it avoids issues down the road because everything's over a long term. You know, your body can process certain amounts of chemicals and metals and all these things, but Sometimes we have genetic defects. Um, there's like a the MTHFR gene, which a lot of people have different genetic defects, which affect. Can define that for people who are saying what you just say? MG, MTHFR. It's like they call it the mother gene. Um, some of those genetic, you can go to the doctor, you can do those 23andMe different testings that they have, all these genetic tests, you can find these things out. But there's there's so many different things that affect detox and the way a body can or can't detox. Um, in an optimum world, our body can, you know, handle a lot of things. But a lot of what I do has to do with this, that, and that's why this hair testing, which is relatively new addition to my long-term practice here, but it's so perfect because... I deal with the body's chemical body burden, and that's the level of chemicals in your body at any one point in time. Um, Scientists estimate that there can be over 700 chemicals present in our bodies at any one time. And as I said, we could filter those. Our bodies are always detoxing and, and our digestion process, our liver, our kidneys, we're filtering them. It's the point that it gets to be a burden. That burden becomes too high. That's where illness sets in, symptoms set in, where we cannot process that and our body becomes toxic. You know, it, it, it strikes me too that not only is it helpful for children, but I would think it would give people a better quality of old age because if you can eliminate a lot of these toxins that are in your body so certain things that would probably trip you up i mean i'm i'm not well versed in this but it just seems to make common sense that certain things that would affect genetic inheritances and all it would not be as dramatic if the body was in better balance true get because yes true because getting healthier being more balanced being balanced at the cellular level at any point in our lives is healthier for us. Um, you say it affects brain health, so maybe it even would help with dementia and Alzheimer's and all. And there are definitely metals like aluminum that are linked to that. And so many, oh my gosh, on so many hair test people do have aluminum toxicity because of um, it's in 
canned foods that we eat. There's so many heavy metals in the water or even in supplements that we take. The different, you know, if you're not taking a good quality of a supplement that people take every single day or medications and deodorant. Um, some people even use those prescription deodorants. I mean, that's more becoming more of a mainstream thing is to get everybody who's kind of hearing about this and getting a more natural deodorant. But all that aluminum is actually built up in your system and stored in your system and there. So you have to get rid of it. So interesting. You do health coaching for children too, Karen? Yes, I do. So another certification I got was a, a certified pregnancy as a certified pregnancy health coach by Dr. William Sears. He's a predominant pediatrician and has written many books. And again, that was very good program, as I said, mainly focusing on nutrition um, when you're pregnant and you know dealing with stress and lifestyle. And I like to combine this whole concept into that too, because it's important how healthy your body is when you're pregnant and what you're passing on along, you know, to the fetus. Also, how you're bringing a baby into a household, the products that you're using um, on your baby and having around your baby. It's a great time to clean up your the envi your environment within your house and and clean up different products and expose the baby to less, you know, chemicals as well. Um, this can be so overwhelming and stressful for people. There's so much information out there. And part of what I do is make it really easy. It's, it's actually a whole program um, that I've done a lot of the research in 20 years of, you know, trying different products. And there's many things that, you know, people don't even think about um, where they can really eliminate so many chemicals. And even if someone is my client, the rest of the family will benefit and become healthy as well. Because even if their wife or their husband weren't on board and they have kids at home, it's a trickle down effect by making everything healthier that, pe that they're exposed to and that they're using. Everybody gets the benefit of it as well. So give us an example. Like for instance, okay, a lady is pregnant. She comes to you. She wants to find out, she wants to make sure her child is going to be as healthy as possible. So she's talking to you about the environmental stresses and the amount of aluminum and the, you know and, and doing all of these things to clean it up and um like some of the things you 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 substitute for some of the things you would advise her to change in her environment it's also going to affect her family and would you ever even with this wonderful program be able to advise her for her other children who are picky eaters and things like that if they're not getting the nutrition they really need to be downing and what do they do about that? So can you kind of take us through a scenario so our listeners can understand how it could help, something like this could help them? Yes, for sure. So I'm gonna start at the beginning of that and then progress through maybe with children, young children, but start maybe being pregnant because it was kind of a two-part thing there with babies. So as somebody is pregnant or even if they're breastfeeding or whatnot, um, you asked about picky eaters. It's very interesting because there was these studies done back in like 2012 called the carrot juice studies where they tested if a what a mother ate while she was pregnant and also while she was breastfeeding versus just having water versus carrot juice. Um, and the baby's tastes when they were born, when they were breastfeeding. And they did find actually that the baby's that were exposed to carrot juice in vitro 
or during breastfeeding actually had less aversion to the to being exposed to carrots as a food Ooh. when to eat it. And so they've actually um, done studies that show that what you eat when you're pregnant or when you're breastfeeding, those flavors do pass along to the baby or the fetus. And if you eat a variety of foods when you're pregnant, those children actually are less picky eaters. They've been exposed to a variety of flavors. And even um, strong flavors, maybe like garlic or cumin or something like that, Part of what we experience as flavor is the actual flavor itself, and then some of it is smell. The fetus isn't getting the smell part of it, but they're getting the molecules of flavor. So it's a subtle, it's a subtlety, but they're exposed to it, and 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 it translates. So, and you know, my children when they were little as well. I actually think it's very interesting because I'm not a huge fan of kids' menus and you know, where the options for our kids are chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, and a hot dog. with French fries. basically almost kids eat. Yeah. So I never did that with my kids. You know, I right away gave them the, the things that we ate um, or in a restaurant, I gave them the choices of trying what we had or, or ordering. And my kids were little and they would sit there and my daughter would order shrimp or my other daughter would order an artichoke and the waiters would laugh and they would look at me and they're like, they don't really want that. And I'm like, I said, they do. They really do. They like it. And, or I remember sending my younger daughter off to school with, I don't know if you know, hearts of palm. Yeah. Of course do. Sure. Yeah. And you know, and I made a homemade yogurt and mustard dip for her. I had a mother call me and said her, her daughter had, like a yodel or a ring ding that she was trying to trade my daughter for these parts of palm and my daughter didn't want to trade them. So the mother called me and said, what are those white things that your daughter had? <laughs> and so, you know, it's funny because I just think it's so simple. It's really very simple as that. And, and I, that's why I kind of went, you could, if you're pregnant and you, or you're breastfeeding, then you could try different flavors and a variety of foods. But if you're beyond that and you already, you know, your children are young or whatever age they are, it's really just about encouraging them to try different things. A lot of times they laugh. It makes me laugh because it's a family um, funny that until I was about four years old, all I wanted to eat was cream cheese sandwiches. I wonder if um, my mother, what she wasn't eating when she was pregnant with me. <laughs> <laughs> she's everywhere I went everywhere I went I had a cream cheese sandwich in my hand that was about it uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that yeah. sure. and I wonder if it was what you really wanted or what she wanted to make for you, too, you know? <laughs> maybe it was the easiest thing <laughs> Karen can you um you advise people to eat a piece of fruit instead of drinking fruit juice and I was wondering if, does this also include unsweetened fruit juice? Please explain about that. Because I'm sure there are a lot of parents who have given their kid that glass of orange juice every day. Are yeah. they better off with a piece of orange? They are because the whole fruit also has the fiber in it. It has different nutrients. Um, sometimes in a juice, we don't have the skin or different things that we might get in the whole piece that have all the nutrients that the fruit has that are meant to work together. It's also not in isolation, just like taking 
a supplement, getting it in the whole food, the way the minerals and vitamins are synergistic and work together. But also chewing signals your brain that you're eating and that it's to become full. When typically when we drink something, because we don't have that chewing motion going on, sometimes if it whether it's a juice or if it's a milkshake or whatever it is, you can drink a lot of calories and fat and sugar without filling up. Um, as far as your question about the unsweetened fruit juice, there's still a lot of sugar in fruit and it's fructose. It's not, it, it's not processed white sugar, but to your body, it's still most fructose is processed through the liver and it's sugar is sugar to your liver. So if somebody was, um, diabetic or they had a metabolic condition or, or things like that where sugar was an issue, that will spike your blood sugar. Um, a Coke, I think a 12 ounce Coke has like 40 grams of sugar and so does 12 ounces of natural apple juice. So it, there's a lot of sugar in it. And a lot of this whole green juicing, ju all these juice bars and things are very popular now. And really the healthier way to eat those is to have the green juice, which most people would not like the flavor of. When they get a juice and they say this is delicious, if you look on the bottle, it probably has 30 or 40 grams of sugar from the fruit that's in there. Um, even if you add like a Granny Smith apple or a couple slices of a Granny Smith apple, which are a tart apple with some of the lower sugar, you can kind of flavor a green juice a little bit. But most people, especially if they're used to drinking soda or they're used to drinking, you know, an apple grape juice, I mean, that's not going to taste very good. <laughs> no. okay. All right. Well, that's really interesting. And now we have to take a pause for a moment because we're going to need to allow a minute for our sponsors who keep this podcast free for our listeners. So we'll be right back. We're back. Thanks for tuning in to my Insights Filled interview with Karen Stein. Let's continue on with this question. <clears throat> Karen, how can a person who has lost a loved one to a disease or illness that may be genetic or run in the family feel empowered to take action and do something to protect him or herself so that the pattern will not repeat itself and keep the person from living in fear? Yes, I think that's very important because obviously when we go through an illness with a loved one or a family member, especially, um, we're taking care of them and we're worried for them. But on some level, depending what that disease may be, if it's something that is genetic or does run in the family, we're also worried for maybe ourselves and our family as well about getting that. And even if something's genetic, genes have to be triggered. And they, they get triggered by environmental factors, by you know lifestyle factors, by the way we eat and the, the way we live. And so I think that even if somebody has lost a loved one to something that they may, they may be fearful of having that happen to them. And it's very empowering to try to make some changes easy changes and changes that you don't even notice on a daily basis, but that make you healthier that are less likely to tr trigger some of these maybe genetic conditions, or if it was a heart disease or a diabetes or, or other things that are, that, you know, are really 
proven to even some cancers to be affected by a detox, by limiting chemicals, by healthy nutrition, um, that they feel, you know, don't have to feel like a victim or fearful or something is inevitable, that they're doing something positive and proactive and they'll feel so much better too. That's another thing. I mean, there's a, there's an emotional factor and then there's the physical result. A lot of people who feel in so many ways that, well, my mother got this, so this is what my future is, or even behaviorally when people say, you know, well, this is the way my parent is, this is what I have to do. We all have choices and we can change the trajectory often by making intelligent uh, different choices that our parents made. Absolutely. And, uh, right? In many ways. Well, now I'm down to the real nitty gritty of this interview because everyone is going to be amazed at this. Please share your amazing journey helping my brother Alan find his way to good health after five life-threatening battles with various virulent cancers. And dear listeners, they were virulent, which inspired you, Karen, to become a health coach. Yes. So I, that was not a fun time. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. I'm a witness to that. And I, and I was part of that also in my own way. <laughs> yes. So I met your brother and we got married when my two little girls were one and three years old. And although your brother, as you know, had had cancer as a, very young in his life, around 25, had metastatic melanoma, and then also had a mucoepidermocarcinoma, which was a lung, rare lung cancer. All these were very virulent, less than 15 chance of, percent chance of survival. Uh, he had a lung removed, but he had actually been cancer free at that point for quite a while when I finally met him and we got married, but we got married and got engaged. And then he became diagnosed with another. And every one of these cancers was different. It wasn't just a recurrence of a cancer. They were well, all- Well, it was never boring. It had to keep you, yeah. had to keep you engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so he got another cancer. And then um, after that, ended up with two more cancers. So in dealing with trying to keep him healthy, I started to really delve into what was, um, what could I do beyond what the medical community could do of, he, he actually did never have chemotherapy for any of these, but he had surgeries each time and um, is to see what could I do on my end. And also, as I spoke about taking power, feeling like I'm doing something that I'm not a victim, and I, um, that's how this all came, really came across. And at that time, there wasn't really the internet. There wasn't all this information. I had to search all this out myself and changing our lifestyle, changing our environment, changing the way that we live. Um, I really can't say that that's for sure, but he has not had a recurrence in 12 years. He's been cancer-free for 12 years. But I was taking care of him and doing all this and taking care of two little girls and trying to have them not know that anything was going on. And that's to speak to stress because all that stress for me actually caused me to have an autoimmune issue, Hashimoto's, which is where your body attacks the thyroid. And I got super sick and exhausted and couldn't get this diagnosed, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And when I finally figured it out, I was not going to have my thyroid removed like they wanted to, but 
I actually implemented the similar tactics for myself. Um, and, and it's about managing self-care, stress, easy nutrition changes, easy, you know, environmental changes for myself. Cause so many, um, beauty products, there's hair products, fragrances, and all these things affect our endocrine system, affect our thyroid, um, things in the fluoride in the water. Thing. There's many some examples, like some of the things that you took out of your lifestyle with Alan that you replaced with other things. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things. I'm going to, I was going to give you, maybe I could do this here. I look at it as like a good, better, best approach. Okay. I, yeah. I had that actually. That's the next question. So yeah. go for it. So basically I want it to be easy and stress-free because we just talked about how stress isn't good for us. And so everybody's got a different budget, a different time constraint, a different place where somebody can go actually go to this store, but somebody's going to buy something online. So wherever you're at, we're going to meet that. And you're, and I always do everything in this good, better, best approach, because if you can do the best thing with a certain item or food or product, that's great. But even if you do better or just do good, it's, it's so much better for you than where you were. So any improvement in, improves it. And for instance, I'll just take, take like essential oils. Cause I know that you really love those. And, and I really, it's like being a detective and kind of breaking it all down into the levels that people might not even think about and then making it super simple to make changes. So for instance, we have essential oils within the oil itself. There's how is that plant grown? Was it sprayed with pesticides? Right. And then are, is that concentrated now into an oil and do those pass through us when we put them on our body or some people ingest them um how was that oil extracted was it chemically extracted or was it naturally cold pressed so there's the oil itself then there's what are we doing with that oil are we diffusing the oil so within a diffuser even if the outside all these diffusers out there even if the diffuser's glass the inside is always, almost always plastic, right? So many of those essential oils are corrosive in nature. The citrus oils, some of the stronger oils, we put water in there. So A, we're heating oils, which heating an oil, just like in cooking, can somewhat degrade the, the potency and, and characteristics of the oil. Then if we're not perfect about cleaning that water that's sitting in there out every single time we use the diffuser, we now have molds and other things so we've maybe corroding some of our plastic and then we got some molds and now we're diffusing them and we're breathing that in well there's nebulizing diffusers which don't heat oils so they don't they just use the pure oils they don't the oil's not heated there's no water involved so we've eliminated issues with molds we've eliminated issues with plastics and all the bad things that we can get from plastics and breaking down those plastics and then we've eliminated heating the oil, which preserves the quality of the oil. It takes a very little bit of pure oil to be nebulized and actually vaporized into the air and to either scent something or to be therapeutically just a few minutes and then that's it. They even have them where they're portable and you can charge it and take it with you. So if you're, you're somewhere else or you're traveling or you're going to a friend's house or something and you can, you can bring that with you and it's all glass pure glass where the 
oil goes in. So that's something where someone may not think of all those levels and I break those things down to the very nitty gritty of beyond just looking at essential oils. And now it's really easy because I can just say, hey, here's this. Nebulizing diffusers are a way to eliminate all those potential you know, landmines within using essential oils. And here's some brands that are great. And if you want to go buy one, great. But at least, and then I always give people a report for everything that we work on so they can refer back to it. So maybe your diffusers, you're going to use it for three more years, but when you're ready to go buy another one, you might say, well, what did, what did Karen say about the, what kind of diffuser was that? And you can look back. And now when you make your purchase, you have the information. Now, say for someone who's saying, who's listening to this says, holy moly, I want to get a nebulizer diffuser. Can they find out about that on your site? How do they, how, do you have a link to that? Or do they I, go on, Google it and say nebulizer diffuser? Yeah, I mean, when I coach people through coaching, we, you know, those are, that's the information I provide them. And we talk about their wants and needs. There's many different kinds, but sure. Somebody right now, if you want to go look into that, you can Google it. Good to know. Places that sell them. Mm -hmm. It's good. As a health coach, Karen, do you have a message about the importance of how physical healing helps emotional healing to share with our listeners? I do. And and you and I have talked about this numerous times as we've kind of tried to see how our two worlds interact. And I told you that I feel that they really do because there's also all kinds of um emotions that we go through traumas that we go through and they all affect us they energy feeling good feeling energetic being able to get up every day just get out of bed and get out of your house whether that leads to actually being able to go out take a walk or exercise or even you know more try to be do self-care extremes like take a bath or a sauna or all of these things if you feel horrible if you have no energy, if you have adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue or brain fog or headaches or whatever it is, it's going to impede you from doing those things that help with stress, that help with our endorphins, which, so I, I think one really does feed into the other. And it's kind of um, a cascading event where if you really don't feel well physically, you're going to only feel worse emotionally. And when, when things are and that might be when things are good anyway, but when things are really hard or you're trying to deal with a trauma or grief or something like that, that just exacerbates everything and it makes it much more difficult. I can imagine that because having been through tremendous grieving and we were talking about the fact that it's not just grieving that people do from the loss of a spouse, God forbid, or a child or whatever it is. It's, it's loss from divorce or you know, a job loss or anything going on in your life. And if you're feeling, if you're one form of self-love to take care of yourself, and often when you're going through something, your tendency is to let yourself go. Mm -hmm. But one of the ways that you can help yourself is through self-love to contact someone like you and say, at least if I'm going through this, let me at least take care of my physical body so it's better able to um, support the emotional stress I'm under. It's so true. And it's all linked. And so many times there's barely really ever a time that I'm talking to somebody about their health or they want to talk about nutrition and we don't end up talking about emotions and we don't end up talking about stress or not being able to sleep or whatever these things are, because it's, it's really, it's a whole picture. 
and it, and you can't address just one little piece of the puzzle and have somebody really flourish and be healthy and feel well. There's so many different things that go into really being healthy, you know, and happy. You're the fortifying your foundation, which is your body, so that the rest of it can function mm -hmm. better, right? Karen, how do our listeners connect with you? And do you have a special offer for them? Of course I do. So <laughs> <laughs> they can connect with me in various ways. Um, I will tell you right now, and then if you forget, you can go through my website. So I, you can email me at Karen at GoHealthyWithKaren.com. My Instagram is GoHealthyWithKaren. My website is www.gohealthywithkaren.com. We see a theme here. So if you can remember Go Healthy with Karen, any of those ways through my website, you can call, you can send me a contact message. Um, but if any of your listeners mention your grief and rebirth podcast, I would love to give them 20% off an initial, initial consultation with me. And, um, just contact me, email me, send me a message about what you'd like to work on, and we'll set up a little call for a few minutes to kind of see where we can go and work together. That's great. And do you coach virtually as well as in person? How does that work? So I they're in New Jersey, and they just fell in love with you, and they want to work with you. <laughs> <and> they do. <laughs> I absolutely do. I do coach virtually. I do work with people all over the country. I'm actually a coach on an app that is international. Um, and I'm a coach for uh, another person that works out in California that works nationally. So I'm used to working, you know, via Skype, Zoom, whatever this is, FaceTime with people anywhere. So yes, absolutely. Or by phone. And what is your tip to all our listeners for finding joy in life? So my biggest tip um, in thinking about that, finding the elusive joy in life, I really think that it's about breaking the big things down into little things, to take things in little increments, set small goals, achieve those goals, and be able to feel good about them. I feel like life can be very overwhelming. And I mean, certainly, you know, in my own life, certain things were so insurmountable, I just didn't even know how to get through them. And I think that if we just take each thing individually at a time and really appreciate the small little victories and kind of like climbing a set of stairs, I think, or, or climbing a mountain. You don't want to look at getting all the way to the top. You just want to take each step one by one and it makes it more manageable. It makes things a lot less stressed. And um, eventually, sometimes you're all the way at the top looking down and you say, how did I get here? <laughs> That's great advice. I really think that's great advice because I think life is often very overwhelming. Yes. To all of us. Well, this is absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Karen. To say the least, there are countless reasons that I am happy you came into both my brother Alan's life and into my life. And now you're also part of the grief and rebirth healing community. My heartfelt thanks for all that you're doing to help people heal and find joy through your wonderful coaching services. And I get to be the lucky one. You're my, you're my buddy, my sister-in-law. I really love you and appreciate it. And in the spirit of finding just the right person to present you with the healing modalities you need for your highest good, here's a reminder, everyone, 
that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on irenweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks again for joining us. And as I like to say, to be continued, many blessings to your good health. And bye for now. <music>